Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. This is the broadcast for May 29th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is indeed hour one of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. It is indeed the checks and balances that are brilliant, set forth by the founding fathers, and one of the peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. Welcome to the broadcast. I will say it again. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth as we prepare people to wait for our Savior Jesus Christ to return. Once again, I testify he will. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a Memorial Day once again. Wow, time sure flies fast, don't you know? A happy Memorial Day to all of you from us, the Liberty Roundtable team. The commitment, the courage, and sacrifice of those who gave their lives to secure freedom for their fellow men, fellow citizens, should never be taken for granted, ladies and gentlemen. For too many, the upcoming Memorial Day today, or the weekend, if you will, will signify little more than, A, the beginning of summer, kind of a day off, a day to party, a day for cookouts. It should be way more than that, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association, AFA.net, has a message for you. Sadly, honoring our heroes, fallen heroes, is not commonplace any longer in our republic. Unless future generations are taught the truth about their freedom, that it was purchased at a great price. The true meaning of Memorial Day itself may become nothing more than a memory, ladies and gentlemen. May God continue to bless America and Americans on behalf of those who gave their very lives for liberty, for us, for her, meaning America. Please take time with family and friends on this Memorial Day to reflect on the cost of freedom and our responsibility to defend and promote it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. A very critical message this Memorial Day. It means something, folks. Understand the history. It used to be called Decoration Day, relating to the sacrifices of those who have gone before us. But remember, it's a day, in my opinion, where the hearts of the fathers should be turned to the children and the children to the fathers. A day where we connect with one another and our history and our ancestors in very meaningful ways. Contemplation about the history of the world under the leadership of Jesus Christ. Understand the great fall by Adam, the great resurrection by Jesus Christ, and all the actions of people on the earth in between. You are in an epic battle, good over evil, 
right over wrong, truth over error. Where do you stand in this incredible battle? Do you spend your time just titillated with entertainment and fun, and are you kind of distracted? Or do you, my fellow Americans, realize that your job on the earth is not a job of entertainment? Sure, once in a while it's fine to have a little bit of break. I get it. But it is is vital that you stand for truth, that you realize who you are. Okay, it's a time for you to focus on all the good you can do all the day long. It's time to be anxiously engaged in a good cause. Okay, it's always a good guy with a gun who stops a bad guy with a gun, for instance. It's always those who stand up for liberty. Remember the the early days when you couldn't even read the Bible and good, honest folks stood up and said, no, we want to read the Bible. God granted us incredible innovation. The printing press was developed, and now y'all can read the Bible. You don't have to depend on some elite thug to tell you what it is or what it's not. You can read it for yourself. Well, we've had liberty growing ever since then, tyranny growing as the counterpart. You stand in the middle. No doubt liberty will prevail, but I hope to be on the Lord's side and hope you will too. Dr. Bradley, a happy Memorial Day to you and your family, and welcome, sir. Well, same right back to you and all the listeners. I, uh, You know, this is Memorial Day, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of things to talk about, but perhaps as we go up to this first break, maybe we can at least do something on Memorial Day. I, This is a day that, uh, that has largely become a barbecue beer bust with... Uh, uh, flowers. I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, but literally and truthfully, um, it's funny. I, not funny. It's kind of tragic. Um, I have done some studies over the years in regards to casualty rates on different events that have happened down through history. Uh, it's a lot harder than people might think. Uh, go do some research yourself about coming up with very, very accurate numbers of uh, casualties in battles or wars, uh, it's it's a, the fog of war continues in the casualty rates too, but uh, the best I can come up with is that since 1775, about 1.8 million Americans have given their lives in service to this country. Now we forget that each of those that made the ultimate sacrifice likely left behind loved ones who were bereft and left to mourn their great loss. And, and so those who have felt the emptiness, the sadness, the loneliness at the passing of a loved one surely should be able to empathize with the emotions that have felt a loss of their loved ones that were serving the nation. But so, you know, 1.8 million perhaps since 1775, and that's a minuscule amount in comparison to, oh, the Soviets had a huge, they, they lost 20 million people in World War II alone. Uh, so there have been some horrific, horrific wars throughout all of history. But um, really and truly, um, we we do need to recognize the service and sacrifice of all those that have gone before. It's been said that the price of liberty is blood, human blood. That price was paid. It has been paid over the years was paid by those who established the country, but it's been paid in countless other ways, very real senses ever since then. But one of the, and, and with all of this talk about death and dying and battles and all that kind of stuff, I 
fear, I doubt. In fact, I've observed over the last 50, 60 years uh, a tendency that I think is a little bit of a, a, a bad skew on this thing. Uh, the Lindsey Grahams of this world never saw a scrape around the world that they didn't want to kill some Marines in. And, and that is not what this is about. This is not a militaristic, this is not a, uh, a military adventurism story. This is not, let's go see how many battles we can get in, all oh, the adventure. I remember I, I joined when I was 18. It was kind of like, I, you know, what does a kid know? But here's the deal. The best way, perhaps, to save or to support our troops, to use that term, well, we've got to support the troops every time we have a National Defense Authorization Act. The best way to support our troops, I think, is to use them appropriately. We don't throw them into harm's way simply because Lindsey Graham wanted to get some Marines killed over in Somalia. Uh, we, we don't do that. Our, we have a constitutional process by which we go to war. It's got to be just. It's got to be examined. It's got to be deliberative. It's got to be done in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11. There is no authority for a president to engage anywhere in the world. We're probably in 130 countries right now militarily. Now, it doesn't mean we're you know, shooting at each other over the top of a bunch of sandbags, but it does but mean... It, but it does mean we have a costly, sovereignty-violating presence. Let's say it that way, sir. There's no question about that. And, and here's the deal. I mean, we could talk probably the rest of the hour on what we've done in, in Ukraine and, and how that violates the baseline principles. We have got to recognize and honor the service and sacrifice of countless that have gone before. But we have got to stop being idiots when we let buffoons, baboons, and bozos run this country and we put if you will, our best and brightest, our bravest, however you want to put it, in harm's way inappropriately. There is a place and there is a must of, of war. I mean, the Founding Fathers recognized that bad people do bad things, and we had to have a way to go into battle. But it could not be as the monarchs had done before. Every time historically there was a war, you know, one monarch got ticked off at another one, and the people had nothing in the battle until they started to suffer. When their sons are sent off to battle to, to bleed and die on Napoleon's uh, battlefields, I mean, six million people is the best number I can come up, died as Napoleon tromped around Europe, you know, in the early part of the 1800s. It was Napoleon and his empire-building thing. And, and the United States had seen those things for centuries. Well, they hadn't seen them for centuries, but they had read history. They knew what the motivations were, and usually it was not for the proper purposes. Well, ladies like and gentlemen, a quick pause. I'll tell you this. Dr. Bradley's right. Until the people start to suffer, they don't wake up. It just becomes bread and circus, which we're going to see today for Memorial Day. But my question is this. At what point... Will Americans wake up and understand the country is in the middle of a Marxist takeover? Dr. Bradley in seconds on your radio. 
former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. If you're not careful, you fall into the trap where it feels like there's jackals on every hand and it's a lost cause. Never believe that, ladies and gentlemen, that's Satan's trap. God Almighty is in charge his savior jesus christ did die on the cross and was resurrected and with that comes tremendous hope for all those who believe we literally prepare people this day to wait for the savior jesus christ to return you know what our job isn't to be popular and to to you know focus on the masses or, or etc uh, our job isn't to you know get rich and make money and become a rock star on the radio our job is to educate 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 teach people to pray teach people to repent teach people to have faith and turn to god and believe in christ to teach people to promote that which is good and make it popular and reject that which is evil and make it unpopular okay but when are the american people going to wake up dr bradley and realize you know what we're in the middle of a massive marxist takeover there's no two ways about it and we better stand up this memorial day reflect and get serious and we better do it fast well it's a war of attrition you know attrition if you look it up <clears throat> in the dictionary has to do with grinding away and uh back you know if, if you look and if you'll spend any time, I teach the Communist Manifesto, honestly. I'm not promoting it, but people need to know what their enemy's doing. And we need to do a compare and contrast between what the uh, Marx and Engels came up with, with their League of Just Men, the communists, 
and uh, and what the American founding fathers. There's nothing could be farther apart. They're they're the completely the antithesis of each other. Well, and but that's why I is, highlight that it's it's the epic battle that started in the war in heaven continued on earth. It's either God or godless. It's either God, Christ, or Satan. Okay, there's no two ways about it. One's godless. One's godly. One's tyranny. The other one's agency, liberty. One's agency, the ability to choose. The other one's the denial thereof. Um, it is that blatant, Doctor. Well, I see the eternal uh, conflict boiling down to two issues. One is, will God be continue on his throne or be dethroned? Okay, that's one issue. And and you can see that battle if, if you've got any kind of awareness today that that's being waged against everywhere, uh, all of us at all times. We begin at the youngest of ages, incorporating our children into godless philosophy-based schools. So humanism is a faith-based godless philosophy that believes and worships the wisdom of man. That is the basis of our education system. It violates uh, the First Amendment in that we have a a state-supported religion, tax-supported religion being taught to our children that denies the existence of God. So that that one aspect of it is God going to stay on his throne or not. We're trying, well, we are not, you and I, we're, and I hope most of your listeners are in this same page, but the vast majority of Americans are being immersed in a godless religion, and it's we start from, you know, at least age five in, in our schooling, and it goes through the, and once you get into the universities and the black-robed uh, priests of uh, uh, humanism are, are there uh, promoting that. The other side is the other aspect or uh, conflict point in this eternal battle is, is uh, mankind's liberty. And if you read in uh, Luke chapter 4, uh, the Savior in Nazareth was given the book of Isaiah chapter 61 in which he read, what Isaiah had written in regards to the Savior's uh, beginning of his ministry. And to liberate the captive is one of the central things. So anyway, here we go. It's it's about liberty. It's about God. And this thing is waged on all sides. Now today, uh, in America, because we have embraced this godless religion called humanism that every child is immersed in from age five forward, and uh, encouraged to go to the higher level, if you will, once they get into the university status, we find that uh, there's an awful lot of people that are that are uh, em- embracing this. And so when Marx and Engels brought this forth, there was a philosophy that says basically we enforce this or, or we uh, you know basically implement this out of the barrel of a gun or the point of a bayonet. And, yeah, we virtually we mandate at, this. Well, then that's the way uh, the Bolsheviks went about this thing with uh, their revolution with, with Lenin and the boys in, in Russia in 1917. But there was another philosophy that's out, that was out there, and it, it contends, it's, it's kind of the prevailing philosophy right now in America. And, and we in America have, have adopted what I call the Gramscian uh, Marxism. And uh, Antonio Gramsci was a, a Marxist in Italy in the 1920s. And he had, he absolutely dedicated to Marxism, unquestionably. He wanted it all over the world. But he had a different philosophy. Let's in, let's in, bring this along a slice at a time. Uh, by Soft legislation, and gentle by communism. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. A kinder, gentle means. A kinder, gentler nation, as uh, George H.W. Bush said. Okay. 
So Antonio Gramsci rejoiced at what the Bolsheviks did. He went to Russia to celebrate with his Bolshevik buddies. He nearly got put to death because he was saying, oh, look, guys, we can do this all over without pointing bayonets at people and, and shooting them. And, and so Lenin and the boys were pretty ticked off. Stalin was. So he, he escaped with his life, went back to Italy. He got arrested there because the uh, Mussolini fascists were there. It's all the same poison. It's just which gang's going to be in charge. They put him in jail, and he wrote volumes about how to do this slice-at-a-time communism. A little vote here, a little vote there. We embrace it a little bit at a time until it has completely Im immersed the nation. Now, that's where the United States is doing this. We are... I mean, the, everything from the sexual perversion things that are happening, the, the loss of the moral character, the loss of, of uh, the standard of honesty and politics. Uh, we, we go with talking points and uh, policy you know, listings instead of going with baseline principles. And pretty soon everything gets kind of murky and muddy. And over time, there's a, a drift away from the baseline principles. It's a fascinating thing to watch, but it's horrific to the country and where it's going with it. And all of these people, we're talking on Memorial Day, all of these 1.8 million that have died, the countless others that were maimed, their families and loved ones that were bereft of their loved ones, all of these kind of things get set aside as we slowly slide into tyranny. And whether it's the FISA court thing or it's the National Security Agency, or it's the Patriot Act, or it's some other silly, foolish, uh, well, the, the Federal Reserve. I mean, all of these things fit in the Marxist realm of where they're taking us, and we have voted it into, into our lives to the point that most people don't even recognize. I'll just tell you, back in 2009, uh, I was speaking in a a little community in Wyoming. Uh, I think the whole community came out to hear what was being said. There were a lot of patriotic people. And I got done. I opened it up for questions. I've told you this story before, Sam. Maybe some of your listeners have even heard it. Anyway, there was this old cowboy on the front row sitting there listening as best he could. His hearing was kind of bad. And he, he, I says, any questions or comments? And he stood up. He says, could I say something? I said, sure. And he turned around to the audience. He says, I'm the only one here that was born free. He says, I was born in, in 1911. I'm going, oh, pretty fine firearm. Anyways, that's a side trip. Anyway, so it was, he was 98 in 2009. That's how I remember the year so well. Anyway, he says, I'm the only one in this room that was born free. I'm the only one that lived in freedom in this country. The rest of you don't know what you've lost. He says, I've seen it disappear in my lifetime in this country. And he says, and if you don't listen to this young man up here, and I'm going, he's talking about me. He says, if you don't listen to this young man up here, he says, your grandchildren will never recognize what you lost for them. I mean, it was just astounding. Here's a man that had seen in his lifetime. I mean, he watched the Federal Reserve and the 16th Amendment, the 17th Amendment come. I mean, he was young, admittedly. But all of the bizarre things are entry into world wars that we should never have been in. And we could talk about why I state that with such assertion. But all of these things that have happened, these unending wars that we've had during my entire lifetime, the fiscal irresponsibility, the grasps at I mean, destroying our, our God-given rights that were protected, like for the Fourth Amendment. 
Patriot Act got rid of the Fourth Amendment. It doesn't exist anymore, people. I mean, you look at every look at what's happening with the Second Amendment. Look what they did over the last three years with your religious liberty. They shut your church down, and most of your leaders agreed wholeheartedly and celebrated out the door. I mean, they stopped. You know what? I've heard it said that the most important work in heaven and on earth is collecting God's children to Christ. And the churches shut down that effort for two years solid, and they're, they're kind of muddling through it right now a little bit. It's, it's absurd sad but what true, ladies and gentlemen. It is insane, but listen to me carefully. We, the people, need to learn to reject slice-at-a-time communism. All communism, for that matter. When we come back, I got an issue that's closely related. I think kind of the tip of the spear for the discussion, if you will, on Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Richard Johnson. It's on to a vote in the House of Representatives on Wednesday for the bill that dials down federal spending and raises the debt ceiling. We still have a lot of work to do, but I believe this is an agreement in principle that's worthy of the American people. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on the agreement between him and President Biden, who was quick to clarify details and the importance of the deal when talking to reporters. You want to try to make it look like I made some compromise in the debt ceiling, and I didn't. I made a compromise on the budget. That's what they wanted, is you make compromise on the budget, and that's what you've done, even though you haven't gone as far as they wanted. Isn't that right? Sure, yeah. Well, <laughs> can you think of an alternative? Now, will it pass the House? Far-left Democrats may not be happy, like Washington's Pramila Jayapal on CNN. I'm not happy with some of the things I'm hearing about, but... They are not cutting the deficit, and they are not cutting spending. South Dakota Republican Dusty Rhodes tells CNN he's sure some in his party won't like it. When you're saying that conservatives have concerns, it is really uh, the most colorful conservatives. But Johnson also says it is a fantastic deal. Traders around the world appear to be liking it. Japan's Nikkei average was up by more than 1%. The U.K.'s FTSE is up by about three-quarters of 1% so far today. The U.S. markets are closed. With his re-election to another five-year term now secure, Turkey's president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, will enter his third decade in power. Voters in Spain go to the polls later this year, now that Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez has called for an early election. Sanchez's socialist party has lost a lot of offices in yesterday's regional and local elections. Could the 2013 Miami Heat match the 2004 New York Yankees, winning the first three games of a playoff series, then losing the next four? It's Game 7 tonight between the Heat and the Boston Celtics. The winner plays Denver for the NBA championship. This is USA News. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. 
That's 800-215-5141. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, myself, Sam Bushman, and Dr. Scott Bradley, live with you on this Memorial Day. You know, a lot of people are taking a break for the holiday. We're not. We want to basically educate, educate, educate. We want to stand in the gap. We want to interpose to the American people. We want to represent the founding fathers in a meaningful way. And I know I'm a poor substitute for the founders. I get it. But I'm going to do the very best that I can in my generation so that I can stand before the judgment bar of Christ with my skirt clean, if you will, my hands clean, if you will. Look, Memorial Day represents commitment, courage, sacrifice. Those gave their lives for liberty, ladies and gentlemen. We need to honor the heroes of the past. But most importantly, we need to do our very best to try to become like them in our day. May God continue to bless America on behalf of those who gave their lives for liberty. Please take time with your family and friends to focus on this critical issue. We talked about we the people need to learn to reject all communism for that matter, but slice at a time communism particularly because that's how we're being destroyed primarily today in America. Um, There's an article that I found incredible that I want to talk about today that I know it seems like, Sam, you just completely switched gears, but I don't think so. I think I'm absolutely on target. The only way to restore this republic, folks, is to repent, become a moral and a religious people again and turn to God Almighty. And if we don't do that, as George Washington said, we've lost the two great supports. We have got to return to being a moral and religious people. Or, ladies and gentlemen, it's curtains. All right? And I'm not being doom and gloom because there's a way back. There is a solution. That is the important focus here today. You know what? I don't want to just run around and preach negativity, but I do want a reality check. You know, you got to know where you are to reset your, recalibrate your compass to know where you want to go. We're in trouble, folks, because we've lost religion and morality in America. Well, anyway, there's an incredible article written at WorldNetDaily or WND.com. And it's written by a guy by the name of Larry Tomzak. Larry Tomzak, WND.com. And the headline says this. Summer starts. Should gals go sexy or modest? He asks. He urges biblical standards for clothing pleasing to God. This is an important focus, ladies and gentlemen. He says, look, short shorts, bikinis, sprayed on yoga pants, not literally sprayed on, but, you know, so tight that every nothing's left to the imagination. Let's say that. Does it really matter as temperatures rise and summer starts? His point is, of course it does. Dear sisters, he says, as summer approaches, it is so important to be mindful of your clothing choices. Please, please prioritize dressing modest. Dressing modestly in the fear of God. And being considerate of your brothers in Christ. Now, the women would riot at this point that are liberal feminists and say, oh, how dare you? We should be able to dress however we want to and a man should be able to control his thoughts and his mind and how dare him. 
But ladies and gentlemen, then he says this, and I find this valuable as all get out. Let's help our young women learn to discern. Think about that phrase, incredible. Let's help our young women learn to discern the deception of pop culture, advocating empowerment. Remember, modest attire starts in the heart, not a dress code. Let's focus on the abundant life Jesus promised. It's incredible. Let's ask, who dictates my wardrobe? Worldly magazines, movies, models, or the word of God? Yeah, incredible questions, huh? Which calls me to be as a woman. One, feminine. Two, modest. Three, appropriate. He then goes on and talks in this article about acceptable um, occasions to wear yoga pants. Hey, maybe when you're in a private gym. Maybe when you're hanging around the house with your husband. He says, bikinis, listen carefully, are closer to nudity than swimwear. Women, please cover up, especially Christian women. Sisters, be mindful of the conscience of your brothers in the Lord. If you cause your brother to sin, you played a part. He wisely says. Now, I know the feminists are going to just riot at this. I know they're just going to be like, how dare you act like it's the woman's fault? Or how dare you give men a license to behave in this way? We're not giving men anything. We're just telling you that it's that it's two sides to the same discussion. Men should control their thoughts and their minds and their actions and their behavior. No question about it. But women, on the other hand, should not play the role of temptress. And they certainly should not be so naive to think they don't have reality in this. Men and women both have an obligation to protect one another from sin. Let's help our young women, and I would add our young men, to literally reject the pop culture and turn to God, okay? Are these unreasonable perspectives, folks? Are they biblical? Does it really matter? He doubles down and says yes. We need scriptural guidelines and scriptural guidance. And he then goes on to quote scriptural clarity on this, reveals the direction that Savior Jesus Christ gave us to never look upon a woman to lust after her. All right. Anyway, think about all that. We're to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, as a temple. We should look sharp, not seductive. We can dress cool without appearing chic. We know that we should never wear clothing that draws lustful looks, causing others to stumble in sin. Modesty is an important principle. And then he goes on and talks about helpful definitions. Uh, it's a great article that I believe highlights the key to our return, Dr. Bradley, to a godly people, to a moral and a religious people the two great necessary supports if we want freedom to return in america sir you know there's so many things to talk about this i uh, uh, a few things come to mind that uh, maybe we'll have time to touch on but uh, 
you know, we uh, we're sent here upon an earth that has purpose, and uh, we're proving our character all the time. And this the propagation of the race is is absolutely critically important. And so, the drive to propagate the race has to be strong and constant. But it's got to be uh, used in the appropriate manner uh, established by God. Thou shalt not commit adultery. I mean, that's kind of one of the top ten, you know. And, um, you know, he, he touches briefly in that article, apparently, upon what, what the Savior said in Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. Uh, and he said, it's, you have heard that it was said by them of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. And then the next verse says, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. So that's a pretty steep um, precipice to be jumping off. But nonetheless, God put us on the earth. He knew that, that we would need to be able to keep the race going. He gave us that. It is also a, an opportunity to prove or demonstrate, if you will, that our character with that propagation power. And it is within a limited scope to be used. Now, so those that flaunt and tempt, if you will, temptress, you use that term. And and when you said not to look cheap, I thought you said chic, and maybe you did. But how close chic and cheap are to each other, oftentimes we cross that line I think in our in our daily uh, attire and the way we we go about things, um, it, it's interesting. Uh, John Adams made a comment that uh, the Constitution was only for a religious and a moral people, and and I've got a, a whole chapter in my book about virtue, and uh, and where the founding fathers got that, and who of their mentors spent so much time on that. Um, let's just talk about Montesquieu for just a second. Uh, Montesquieu studied the different forms of government that he could discover in his day, and he, he tried to review each one a little bit in his uh, book, The Spirit of Laws, which everyone ought to read. Uh, read the Nugent translation from 1750, by the way, if you're going to. But at any rate, uh, that's the one the founders read. But at any rate, um, he, when he came to republics, which is what we're supposed to be, he said the one word description that should describe a republic is virtue. And uh, maybe we could talk about virtue for a second from a maintenance of the nation and its character when we get back from the break, because virtue Roger was that. essential. Roger that. Count on it, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Scott Bradley, FreedomsRisingSun.com continues his seconds on this live Memorial Day. conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens can a country founded on god-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our creator i believe that great nations and great civilizations spring from a people who have a moral compass i don't think a civilization can long endure that does not have respect for all human life born and not yet born. 
I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate, and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch, and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. In the medical field, IT security is crucial. Our highly skilled consultants are HIPAA certified and have 20 plus years of experience servicing medical clinics, billing and supply companies. We offer comprehensive endpoint protection, guarding your computers and servers against all stages of threats. And with our 24-7 monitoring services, you'll never worry about extensive downtime again. Ready to level up your IT support? Call 801-706-6980 today and discover how great IT services can be with managed IT services. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. Okay, so before the break, I brought up Montesquieu and some of the founding fathers and a chapter in my book called The Moral Imperative. This is an essential topic for the maintenance of our liberty. There's so many things we could talk about as we kind of get into this. Uh, let's look at Ben Franklin, who many uh, have wrongly uh, impugned with the immoral, immoral character. He says, only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. As nations become corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. Does that describe America today? It seems like we've got a law for almost everything. Um, here's, here's Blackstone, and I'll get to Montesquieu in just a second. But Blackstone, again, uh, a mentor of the American founding father, uh, he talks about morality. He says, no matter how abandoned may be a man's principles or how vicious his practice provided he keeps his wickedness to himself and does not violate public decency he is out of the reach of human laws but if he makes his vices public then they become buzz bad example of pernicious effect to society and it is the business of human laws to correct them so this idea that you can't you, you can't legislate morality is absolutely absurd in fact if a law doesn't have a moral basis I think it ought to be revisited, but the the fact of the matter is that these the, if you go out and kind of flaunt everything, if you will, and your morality is uh, is kind of on display, so to speak, uh, you know there can be some adjustments made, and and that's the way laws are. But here's what some of the things Montesquieu said. Again, he predated Blackstone, but the love of our country is conducive to a purity of morals. And the latter is, again, conducive to the love of our country. He said, in what kind of government are censors necessary? My answer is that they are necessary in a republic where the principle of government is virtue. Another statement, he said, when a people are virtuous, few punishments are necessary. And then this one kind of cuts at the very core of the liberty issue. He said, so many are the imperfections that attend the loss of virtue in women, and so greatly are their souls degraded when this principal guard is removed 
that in a popular state, that's a state where the people elect their leaders, incontinency may be considered as the last of miseries. So that's when you kind of lose control of yourself and, oh, my goodness, I'm going to run rampant everywhere. And the certain forerunner of a change in the Constitution. So he foresaw the time when the moral basis of a free society would be on display to the point that, uh, you know, there was going to be a loss of a Constitution. And as John Adams said, that the Constitution was only effective for the governance of a religious and a moral people. All of these things are core elements in maintaining our liberty. And uh, and so people say, oh, no, I can, I can, you know, go to hell if I want. I mean, you know, maybe that's a little bit of a abrupt statement. But the point of the matter is they can take the whole country there. And goodness knows that everything that happens in this country today seems to have a sexual undertone. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, uh, billboards or advertisements or movies, entertainment, uh, some of the pop culture people today. I mean, the idea that marriage and children or even related is kind of a unique idea nowadays. I mean, these things have become so accepted in society that we've kind of abandoned things. And I wonder, it's not the forerunner of a change in the Constitution because our religious and immoral people are at the basis of our freedom. So that's where the founders came from. And I kind of suspect that uh, most Americans are going, what? I never thought of this. You know, this idea of virtue, I mean, come on. It's, well, it's and that's why I wanted thing. to tie this together, because I think this directly relates. As you mentioned at the start of the broadcast today, you know, people are going to look at Memorial Day as nothing but a day off of work, uh, uh, you know, a beer bash or whatever you want to call it, a, you know, just a time to barbecue and have a good time, and it's entertainment day, and and I get wanting to take a break, and I get some of those things, but I also get we need to really reflect on the sacrifice that has gone before us. And we need to tie that to the keys to success, and that's you know really important. We need to really realize there are solutions to these problems. America is not done for. Uh, we can't just cop out and say, man, it's just going down. We've got to say, what can I do to make things better? What can I do to provide solutions? What can I do? To make sure that, you know what, when I go before God, that I have clean hands, that I have, you know what, I did my very best to be born on the earth and live my life in a way, personally, publicly and privately, I might add. Uh, and then what did I do to advocate and encourage others to do the same, to follow Christ? And you know what, we can pretend, oh, well, Sam, I'm not as religious as you are. Or Sam, those are your values, not mine. Or you could say whatever you like. But the, you know what? The founders uh, hit on fundamental truths. When George Washington said religion and morality are the two great supports, he was giving us the keys to success. It wasn't just an idle statement or opinion from uh, you know, a, a nobody. This is a fundamental eternal truth uh, that, in my opinion, was revealed and articulated um, to the people by our founders. Okay, they prayed, worked, gave everything on this altar. And they learned from studying history, and I believe from uh, in addition to all that they could learn themselves from history and, and experience, and then that was coupled with uh, God's guidance uh, on these matters. And they learned the principles of truth, and they learned to point them out in a meaningful way that we need to take heed. We need to consider these things and then make a difference in our own lives. And since I know that the word of God is more powerful than the sword, 
I want to spend my time focusing on God, family, and country, focusing on these guidance uh, milestones that can chart our one course away if we're cognizant, but more importantly, can chart our way back if we'll heed the call, so to speak, Dr. Bradley. Well, without taking the whole time that it would take to read George Washington's farewell, I mean, as a yes, farewell address you mentioned, but inaugural, first inaugural address, it's a, it is a phenomenal study on this exact issue. He said, that, uh, just skipping through a couple little things, the foundation of our national policy will be laid on the pure and immutable principles of private morality. Oh, my goodness, Bill Clinton. Anyway, let's skip down this a little bit. There is so not only there Bill Clinton, no, Donald, and everybody else. Oh, right? come on! We yes, think about absolutely. Bill Clinton is just a milestone to say all these people. There's sexual scandal everywhere. There is. All of their licentious amours seem to uh, be scandalously spoken of throughout the pages of everything that's reported. Going on with Washington's first inaugural, there is no truth more thoroughly established than that there exists in the economy and course of nature an indissoluble union between virtue and happiness, between duty and advantage, between the genuine maxims of an honest and magnanimous policy and the solid rewards of public prosperity and felicity. There, we ought to be no less persuaded that the propitious smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right which heaven itself has ordained. See, oh, let me just read just a, another little tidbit after that. And since the preservation of the sacred fire of liberty and the destiny of the republic model of gov Republican model of government are justly considered, perhaps, as deeply as finely staked on the experiment entrusted to the hands of the American people. This is something we're still kind of proving out. Are we worthy of it? And uh, are we going to stand with the principles that will allow us to continue to be free? As, as Montesquieu said, you know what? If virtue's lost, you're going to lose your constitution. And, and I, I think that we're very, very, very far down that path. And, and, and isn't it interesting that virtue that. is often compared to fire? When it's properly maintained, it's a wonderful blessing. It provides warmth and stability and safety and comfort and all kind of things. When it's out of the fire pit, when it gets out of control, it's disaster. Well, the same thing, he uses the term fire of liberty here. Will we tend that fire of liberty and make sure that it stays within its proper bounds? Will we make sure that we um, carry forward the torch of liberty uh, with religion and morality as the great supports to do so, or will we miss the lesson? That's really the question that we have for everyone today, this Memorial Day. We want you to think about it. We want you to study the Founding Fathers. We want you to take a little bit of time to spread the word. You know what? Will you tend the fire of liberty with us? Will you help keep it burning bright, but safely where it belongs? Will you help us by turning to God, family, and country? Will you help us by funding or doing your part? Whether you're, you may say, I just, I'm just not a talk show host, Sam. I can't get on the radio and do what you do. I know, but that doesn't matter. What matters is everyone plays their own role wherever they find their place. Turn to God. He'll show you where it is. And each of us can play our own roles wherever we, wherever we can. We can stand and do our part 
each person has unique talents brought to the table that may be completely different than the way Sam Bushman goes about it or Dr. Bradley goes about it. Or, But as long as we're all doing our part, God Almighty, I promise you will prosper our efforts, Doctor. That is the quintessential point today. Two brief statements by Sam Adams, considered the father of the revolution. This stuff is interwoven inextricably with everything we do. He said, the sum of all is, if we would most truly enjoy the gift of heaven, let us become a virtuous people. Then shall we both deserve and enjoy it. While, on the other hand, if we are universally vicious and debauched in our manners, though the form of our Constitution carries the face of the most exalted freedom, we shall, in reality, be the most abject slaves. Then on another occasion he said, I thank God that I've lived to see my country independent and free. She may long enjoy her independence and freedom, if she will. It depends on her virtue. So, I mean, I think that this virtue thing is interwoven with the things of, you know, the Memorial Day. And oftentimes, morality gets set aside. That's the first thing that gets set aside in a war. I mean, after all, it is institutionalized, legalized mass murder. And that's why it was put out by the founding fathers. And, and, the, and, the, a, uh, and the fruits of war, or whatever you want to call it, the spoils of war, oftentimes are conquest of every sort. Oh, the, the every single moral issue is exacerbated in the wrong side when moral everything morality and war i mean it's institutionalized legalized mass murder and so that's why as we consider this thing about memorial day yes indeed there have been huge immense sacrifices that have been done throughout our history but to enter it wrongly sets aside all the other moral standard that God has given us. And virtue is one of those things that, uh, you know, purity, it's a difficult thing to maintain under the circumstances of uh, the fog of war, if you will. So uh, these are things I think we need to give consideration to as we, we think about this Memorial Day. And the, the price of liberty is blood, human blood, and it's been paid. We don't Reality. want to lose it facts poignant discussion solutions all on the one and only liberty roundtable live dr scott bradley thank you so much freedomsrisingsun.com his website my website libertyroundtable.com our nationally syndicated radio network lovingliberty.net spread the word share the love tell the tale will you please we wish you a happy memorial day and pray you'll focus on these weightier matters would you please? I testify Jesus Christ will return. Our job is to ready a people for that to happen. Ready ourselves and our families and those around us. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for the 29th of May. 
in the year of our Lord, 2023. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country. To do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. It is a Memorial Day, a happy Memorial Day to all of you. From us at the Liberty Roundtable Live team, remember the commitment of courage and sacrifice of those who gave their lives to secure liberty ought not be overlooked or forgotten. Sadly, honoring fallen heroes is not remembered these days. And if we don't teach it to the next generation, they'll forget altogether. May God continue to bless America on behalf of those who gave their lives for her. Please take time with family and friends on this Memorial Day to remember the reason for the season. Please reflect on the cost of freedom and our responsibility to defend and promote it. We talked with Dr. Scott Bradley last hour that we need. We the people need to learn to reject slice-at-a-time communism, all communism for that matter, and we tied that to morality and religion, the two great supports, ladies and gentlemen. We need to realize that morality is vital. Uh, morality is the key to the exercise. If we want to right the wrongs, if we want to restore the republic, it all comes down to morality and religion. The two great supports, as the great general and former president of the United States, General George Washington, highlighted. Lowell Nelson with me, campaignforliberty.org, ronpaulinstitute.org. A happy Memorial Day to you and your family, sir. Well, thank you, Sam. It's good to be with you again on this Memorial Day. So happy Memorial Day to you as well. And we talked last hour a little bit about how when we when we uh, treat war as a wonderful or positive thing and, and celebrate war heroes and everything, we miss the mark. We need to be grateful for their service for sure. We need to be grateful for their sacrifice, no doubt. But we ought not promote the warrior. Uh, and sadly, in America, oftentimes, in our effort to show respect and reverence and appreciation for the service rendered, oftentimes we turn warriors into rock stars. We ought not do that. We're in over 130 nations, militarily speaking, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we've been uh, in this Ukraine, de- or Ducre- wow. Ukraine debacle for quite some time folks and it is a disaster of epic proportions it reminds me of vietnam it reminds me of other wars that we never declared but yet we've waged and been involved in this one is a doozy my fellow americans ron paul adeptly writes about the reality regarding this topic lowell he says president biden's ukraine debacle will go down in history right along there with afghanistan and iraq as one of the greatest foreign policy disasters in U.S. history. Quote, hundreds of thousands have been killed on both sides in the service of the U.S. neocons' long-standing desire to regime change Russia, end quote. Right, and Sam, the number of lives that have been lost or maimed is the very worst part. He mentions those hundreds of thousands of lives, but it has also cost us Americans $100 billion dollars. Now, just recently, Sam, as you know, Russia took control of the strategic city of Bakhmut. Bakhmut, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Um, in Donetsk, uh, the eastern uh, part of Ukraine, and then Biden last week authorized the use of F-16s in Ukraine. And so who knows what's going to happen next there. Those F-16 pilots might find themselves over Russian airspace. I mean, their, line, their range is, you know, from... 
from uh, Kiev to Moscow. That's their their range, so it's not 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 uh, out of the question. Well, I hope that they don't go there. I hope that they aren't they don't have to be used. I mean, but but it's not looking good. So Ron Paul writes this. He says, "Before we go on, the point sure, Ron Paul's making was yeah. we're seeing a massive escalation." Uh, in this war that's mm-hmm. never been declared and that the media is not telling you about. Lowell, that's the quintessential point here. Yeah, good point. In fact, the media won't tell you that you know much about the <coughs> the losses that Ukraine has incurred, but they, they are losing uh, these battles, and the, the, the loss of the city of Bakhmut is just the most recent one that they've lost. Uh, Ron Paul says, we can count on Congress to throw good money after bad. After all, 20 years fighting the Taliban in Afghanistan got us the Taliban in Afghanistan with a cost of perhaps $3 trillion. But the military-industrial complex and the think tanks pushing war and the mainstream media glorifying war all got paid well, end of quote. And, and that's that's the story, Sam. The blood money goes to the profiteers in the military-industrial complex. And but what Ron Paul writes next, Sam here, is, is both vital and encouraging. It, he says this quote: "It may seem bleak, but this is where we have something to be optimistic about. As I've always said, you don't need a majority to change the course of the country." A dedicated minority, driven by the principles of liberty, can produce incredible results, end quote. And Sam, isn't this what Sam Adams said a couple of centuries ago? He said, it doesn't take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men. A well-known quote by Sam Adams. What, what Dr. Paul is saying here is that he thinks the tide is turning in Congress and that monetary and military support for Ukraine will soon evaporate. You know, and I hope he's right. Sometimes he's a bit optimistic, but, but I hope that he's right. He goes on here, quote, It seems likely that as the public mood in the U.S. turns against sending endless billions to a corrupt Ukraine with the threat of World War III in the mix, the political animals in D.C. will begin abandoning the sinking ship. With President Biden clearly flailing, and with the surprisingly strong primary challenge of Robert F. Kennedy Jr., we should look for lawmakers to begin abandoning Project Ukraine in droves. That movement, he continues, led by principled conservatives and progressives, will sink forever the neocon Project Ukraine and thus save us from global nuclear annihilation. Hopefully, after this disaster, Americans will turn against neocons once and for all. End of quote. Boy, I sure hope he is right, Sam. What do you think? I more than hope he's right. I think not only is he right in his hopes and in his desires, you could say he's a little bit uh, Pollyanna, meaning he's, uh, you know, wants to just go ahead and take, uh, you know, get in a rowboat and take the tartar sauce with him kind of thing. I get that. Because you've got to be positive and hopeful. And faith is based on that attitude and belief. So not only is he right from a hope point of view, whether we accomplish it or don't get the whole job done, but we partially accomplish it with his enthusiasm, I completely agree. And I will further say, in addition to that hope, faith, uh, enthusiasm, enthusiasm, he is highlighting the solution, though, as well. And this is important to understand. You know, whether we do it or not is another topic. 
uh, but to have good, honest people stand in the gap and point out the solutions and truly double down uh, in what works historically and morally, that is really the key to the exercise here. And especially on Memorial Day, it's a great time to talk about this. If we're going to reverence those who died and sacrificed for us, it's time to look forward in the future and say, hey, can we make decisions that make that sacrifice a little lighter? Can we embrace solutions uh, that give us a greater chance for liberty in the future? I mean, that's really what he's talking about. So I agree with him on two fronts. One is optimism, but two on the solution-oriented guidance provided. Uh, it's really pulling a page out of the Founding Fathers playbook, sir. I think you're right, Sam. Um, and um, I think he makes a good point also about the the candidacy of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Excuse me, uh, uh, Kennedy Jr. Um, and you know, I mean, Biden was just going to sail forward and be the nominee for the Democrat Party in, for 24, and yet uh, here comes Robert F. Kennedy Jr. with tremendous support, and uh, uh, he's going to give Biden a run for his money on that side. In fact, I've even seen some news articles talking about Biden's failing health. Well, they wouldn't be talking about it unless they wanted to, to to get rid of him early and so i don't know it's going to be very interesting but i sure hope that he runs out of money i hope the congress won't give him any more money to spend in ukraine and i hope that they can wind down that conflict i really do amen he says this biden's running out of ukraine money good that's ron paul i say fantastic great marvelous let's make sure that he doesn't get another penny <laughs> to violate the supreme law of the land the constitution after all congress is to declare war or set forth marks and reprisals and everything else related to this. Let's not uh, let the president run amok around the world, creating the principle called blowback, hatred around the world as we become uh, the uh, kingmaker, hegemonist nation that uh, literally you know destroys and then nation builds. Let's not be the, those guys. Let's obey the checks and balances and have Congress. If Congress has the stomach to send us to war, they better have appropriate justification or receive the blowback from their constituents the way our founding fathers designed it. But ladies and gentlemen, the reality of going to these unjust, unconstitutional, immoral wars uh, is upon us, sadly so. Brian, uh, I don't know how you say his name, Reletic, I think is how uh, you say it? Berletic. Berletic, yep, yeah. Berletic. Brian Berletic writes a column that's kind of a companion column to the Ron Paul column, which highlights really the the reality here on the ground we'll talk about it in seconds yeah he really does with Lowell Nelson when we come back Lowell will break uh, this article out for you but he really highlights what repercussions are downstream from our thoughtless immoral unjust godless warlike actions quick pause Lowell Nelson campaignforliberty.org and Sam Bushman on your radio. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness 
and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Liberty Roundtable with Sam Bushman, your host. I am his guest this hour, Lowell Nelson. I want to highlight an article here written by Brian Berletic. Uh, first time I've ever read an article by him. He is a, a former U.S. Marine and geopolitical analyst. And the reason I found his column interesting is because it describes the destruction that occurs in the wake of U.S. interventionism. And as you know, the uh, Campaign for Liberty, one of the five objectives of the Campaign for Liberty is non-interventionist foreign policy. So I really like the fact that he's talking about the consequences of U.S. interventionism because if we talk about the evils of regime change activity enough, uh, then perhaps we can, uh, you know, stand stronger against it, you know, with our public servants. So Berletic says, U.S. interventionist activity creates risks and scars that take years, if not decades, to heal. Quote, there is also the economic des desolation left behind, forcing a country to rebuild its economy often from the ground up. And in the case of the U.S. leaving the country after a lengthy military conflict, left behind is a landscape littered with unexploded ordnance uh, that will take generations to clean up maiming and killing innocent people until that point in the distant future is reached, end of quote. So really, folks, if we, you know, if we can better understand the devastating consequences of our actions overseas in, uh, in, in we're talking dozens and dozens of countries, then I believe we would more strongly oppose our interventionist foreign policies. So as an example, uh, uh, Ledick talks about Vietnam. <clears throat> poisoned and pulverized, he calls it. He says this, quote, from 1955 to 1975, that's 20 years, the U.S. was engaged in a brutal war in Southeast Asia's Vietnam. The U.S. entered the conflict alongside the French in one of many attempts last century to assist in the West, or to assist the West in reasserting its colonial rule around the globe after World War II. 
Throughout the fighting, the U.S. and its allies killed millions of Vietnamese and destroyed infrastructure in cities across the country. Through the use of the defoliant Agent Orange, the U.S. poisoned both the land and its people, killing those exposed to it then and leaving a trail of birth defects and cancer cutting through future generations of Vietnamese. The U.S. bombed Vietnam and its neighbors, Cambodia and Laos, more intensely than anything seen during World War II. Today, unexploded ordnance kill and maim people across these three countries every year. While the U.S. provides support for clearing unexploded ordnance, the assistance is token and conditional. At the rate U.S.-funded mine clearing and unexploded ordnance disarmament is being done, the problem will remain for many more generations to come. The irony is that after so much widespread destruction carried out by the U.S., Vietnam and its neighbors are rebuilding and advancing their nations forward, mainly through cooperation with China, a nearby neighbor. End of quote. <clears throat> now, I realize that was a long quote, Sam, but I wanted to give you <clears throat> and our listeners a, a, a pretty strong taste of what the U.S. foreign interventionist policy has done and continues to do, the, the devastating impact that it has on the people of these countries uh, where we have uh, occupied. And, and I, I, I'm here to tell you, I saw the effects of this destruction firsthand when I visited Cambodia in the spring of 1996. I saw a dirt poor country of young people struggling to rebuild their country because Pol Pot had killed off all of the, uh, most all of the older generation, right? Got these 30 and 35 year old young pups trying to rebuild a country. That's hard without institutional knowledge that comes with maturity and age, right? I saw little boys who wore vests, little girls who wore skirts. That's the only way you tell them apart, basically. Older children rummaging through garbage dumps in Phnom Penh looking for food and clothing, mainly for food. I saw older children sold into slavery for money so that the parents of those children could buy food to feed their younger children during the dry season. I mean, it was horrible, absolutely devastating to these, to these children of God in this country of Cambodia. I saw it firsthand, folks. And, and so I am here to tell you that the impact of the U.S. military um, occupation of these countries is devastating to these people. Now, um, next, Berlitic, uh, you know, back, so back to the column by Berlitic. He describes the damage in Afghanistan. I, I guess I won't quote that. It's pretty, it, it's awful long. But you can go let to me, the part let of me the give you this. Let me give you this, though, in, Lowell. He uses yeah. one line that I find incredible. There's one line here that okay. I think, I don't want to say sums up, but really does highlight reality. He says this, U.S. interventionist activity creates rifts and scars that takes years, if not decades, to heal. There is also the economic desolation left behind, forcing a country to rebuild its economy, often from the ground up. That really highlights what happens. We only see it in limited slices when the media gives us uh, a snapshot into things. 
but oftentimes that snapshot is manipulated and skewed to promote war. In the end of the day, when the eyes are off, uh, the cameras are off and the eyes aren't focused, these people have a long haul rebuild that takes place. U.S. interventionist activity creates rifts and scars that take years, if not generations or decades, to heal, is his point. And boy, howdy, does that sum up the column nicely. It sure does, Sam. And then he asks an important question. He said, he asked this, he says, if the U.S. foreign policy is so hurtful, then why doesn't the international community oppose it? Well, he answers this question this way, quote, the U.S. and the collective West in general still possess a powerful grip on international institutions like the United Nations and control over the spread of information worldwide. This enables the U.S to diminish the voices of reason sounding the alarm of America's interventions today by reminding the world of the consequences of U.S. interventions in the past, end of quote. And so and what to he's prove saying this point, is that, Paul, To prove this mm-hmm. point, we have forced the world to use the dollar tied to oil. Uh, mm-hmm. And that petrodollar is how we have maintained that grip. Countries can't openly oppose the United States or they get smashed. Okay, but what they're doing now is they're saying, look, let's find alternative ways to tie oil, the world's um, liquid gold, so to speak, to tie it to other currencies. It's their way of eventually severing that iron grip we have uh, on the world. So that's uh, under challenge right now. Uh, But I highlight that because I think that's the, the key to understanding why it is that America can remain so unopposed. Nations are getting sick of it, though. Nations are wanting to do something about it. They're starting to flex their muscles in protest, as always happens when tyranny reigns for too much or too long. Lowell? And as examples of that smashing down of countries that would get uppity with the U.S., all you have to go is look at Iraq. Saddam Hussein in Iraq got smashed. Muammar Gaddafi in Libya got smashed. And the list goes on and on because the U.S. would not allow these countries to denominate their oil in anything but U.S. dollars. But as you said, Sam, that is beginning to change. The U.S. right now is just a big bully. And uh, and, and when are we going to repent? Well, we have to demand of our public servants in Congress the change that we want to see in the world. We have to demand it, folks. And it's not going to happen. And it starts with Americans not being a warlike people, but being a peace-loving people. That's where it starts, Lowell. Yeah, it does. It starts in the home, at, 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 the, at our mother's knee, right? What we learn in the home, we project outward to, you know, our community, our state, and our country. And, you know, if we grow up without mothers and fathers in the home, if we grow up with video games that glorify war and killing and maiming, then we're going to we're only going to continue down this horrible path that we're on. But if we will repent, if we'll call upon God and recognize that we need to to to, to discipline ourselves and to be kind to one another, and and to treat other people the way we would want to be treated, with respect, then we can change this this world. We can change our foreign interventionist policy to one of peace 
among allies, among neighbors, and be friendly with all nations as George Washington encouraged us to do. Sam? Quick pause, Lowell Nelson, ladies and gentlemen. Incredible commentary live on this special Memorial Day. It's about liberty, folks. God save our republic. Hang tight. More in seconds. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Richard Johnson. President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy have about two days to gather enough House votes to pass the spending and debt ceiling bill the two agreed to over the weekend. The agreement prevents the worst possible crisis, a default for the first time in our nation's history. The president pitched the deal at the White House, as did the House Speaker. It has historic reductions in spending, consequential reforms that will lift people out of poverty into the workforce, Reign in government overreach. There are no new taxes, no new government programs. McCarthy's Democratic counterpart, Hakeem Jeffries, tells CBS he's ready to sell his caucus. President Biden has delivered a result that prevents us from our economy crashing and stops the extreme MAGA Republicans from triggering a job-killing recession. So is Arkansas Republican French Hill also on CBS. I feel confident that we'll have those votes uh, after people review the text, talk with their colleagues. While the bill raises the debt limit for two years, it also strengthens work requirements for federal public assistance programs and rescinds unused COVID-19 funding. The House vote is scheduled for Wednesday. Around the world, Japan's Nikkei stock index rose by more than 1% on news of the deal. The U.K.'s FTSE is up by about three-quarters of a percent. The U.S. markets are closed for Memorial Day. The insurance company State Farm says it will no longer insure new homes and businesses in California. The reason? The record number of wildfires over the past six years and the risk of a lot more. Current customers of State Farm will get to keep their policies. Remember 2004, where the Boston Red Sox lost the first three games of the American League Championship Series, then won the next four on their way to the World Series? The NBA's Boston Celtics can repeat that history tonight. Down 0-3 to Miami, the Celtics have won the last three. Game 7 is tonight in Boston. This is USA News. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at crazy low prices. They have access to great prices and discounts at over 500 different airlines. Plus 300,000 hotels and rental car companies. Their prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find the best price for you. Call SmartFares today and get ready to see the world with a fat wallet. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. That's 800-871-3291. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, on this uh, special Memorial Day. This is Liberty Roundtable. I am uh, Lowell Nelson, Sam's guest this hour. 
And talking about another uh, threat, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the biggest threat, really, this article by Jacob G. Hornberger posted at ronpaulinstitute.org, right? Mainstream media will tell you and persuade you to believe that the biggest threat to our freedoms today lies outside the country, lies with Russia or with China. Before they came along, of course, the biggest threat was terrorism. Uh, what about drug dealers or North Korea? or the Vietnamese, the commies, the reds, right? I mean, all of these foreign threats, that's what the media wants you to believe. That's what the regime wants you to believe. Then they use the media to promulgate this lie. Well, they always trot out this boogeyman to frighten us into compliance with their objectives. As John Adams said, quote, fear is the foundation of most governments, end of quote. Well, but Hornberger then makes this key observation. He says this, Quote, no Russian and no Chinese has ever infringed upon my freedom. The same holds true for all the other things that scare liberals and conservatives to death, such as terrorists and communists and so forth. The same can't be said, of course, for the federal government. It not only has destroyed our freedom, it has also threatened our economic well-being with its out-of-control federal spending and debt, as well as its decades of monetary debauchery. Currently, it is getting us perilously close to life-destroying nuclear war, just as it did back in 1962, end of quote. Well, then Hornberger lists uh, uh, almost a dozen ways the federal government has destroyed our freedoms. There, I'm just going to list five. There are five that I want to highlight. You can visit ronpaulinstitute.org to read the rest. He says this, consider American socialism which is best manifested by income taxation, Social Security, and Medicare. Operating through the coercive and terrifying apparatus of the IRS, the feds forcibly take money from young people in order to give it to seniors. They call it care and compassion. But freedom entails the right to keep everything you earn and decide for yourself what to do with it, with charity being totally voluntary. Consider the drug war. The feds punish people with criminal prosecution, incarceration, and fines for ingesting unapproved substances. Freedom, on the other hand, entails the right to ingest whatever you want to ingest, no matter how harmful. Consider America's system of paper money in the Federal Reserve. It has resulted in decades of monetary debauchery that tax people in a fraudulent, surreptitious way. Freedom entails the right to use whatever money you wish to use. The fourth point here, consider the Pentagon, the CIA, and the NSA. All three wield omnipotent powers, including torture, indefinite detention, mass secret surveillance, and assassination against both Americans and foreigners. No one living under a system of omnipotent government can ever be considered free. And the fifth point I wish to highlight, quote, consider the federal government's policy of deadly and destructive foreign interventionism. It has produced an endless supply of people who hate Americans, which the feds use as an excuse for destroying our freedom in the name of keeping us safe and secure. End of quote. Well, so Hornberger ends his article, which I think is a great article. I mean, the real threat, that's his whole point, the real threat comes from our own government, not from outside our country. And so he asks this question and he answers it. He says, quote, what do Russia and China and all those other scary creatures have to do with all of this? They provide a convenient way to divert the attention of the American people away from the real threat to their freedom and well-being.
end of quote. Sam, your thoughts? My thoughts are these articles, uh, all three of them in a row, point a reality picture that I think we really need to kind of understand this Memorial Day. Ron and Brian point out how evil war is. Hornberger points out, look, folks, you think that the threat is foreign, where all the wars are being waged and talked about and focused on and highlighted. There's plenty of destruction there. There's plenty of loss of life there. No question. It's immoral. It's unjust. It's pure evil. As we become a warlike people, we need to change that and repent this Memorial Day. But domestically speaking, while they point us to those foreign issues to distract us, they continue to slice at a time, promote communism, socialism, uh, whatever fascism, whatever ism they want to. All roads lead to the same hell, which is tyranny. Uh, and these five uh, points that you mentioned here are critical to understand. Look, consider America's system of paper money. All right. We've literally had monetary debauchery. It's moral hazard, as Ron Paul highlights often. Okay, that is the key. I mean, there's dishonesty when they create money out of thin air and then when they charge interest on it. And as we com- contemplate the so-called win-win, uh, the raise of the debt ceiling, it's a lose-lose. McCarthy, uh, McCarthy and Biden are lying to you. They pitch this as the solution. It is a lie. We're just going further into the abyss. So war and filthy lucre, dishonest money, really are at the core of all of our transactions or interactions in some way or another. And so this incredible um, dovetailing of these two columns, one highlighting how evil the foreign distraction is, uh, but then pointing out that the foreign distraction is used to get us to uh, not focus on, okay, of the domestic issues, right? Think about Hornberger's question and answer. It highlights what I'm pointing out perfectly. He basically says, what do Russia and China and others, what do foreign wars have to do with all this? They provide a distraction from the real threat, which is our government literally internally declaring war on we the people. It is a distraction. It is sad. And, folks, we cannot, as Joe Biden mocked, pick up a gun to win this. All that means is more war. Don't fall for that lie. What we can do, though, is use our greater numbers of Americans to turn to God and repent to become a moral and a religious people. And through those efforts, God, family, and country, we can teach and educate and encourage those around us that there's not doom and gloom for America. There's a positive outlook because we know that Jesus Christ will return. We have hope and faith in Jesus Christ. And it's our job not to solve the world's problems by 3 o'clock today, not by um, any other means except to live personal, private, moral religious lives to teach our children to do the same and then as families are strong in america families are the fundamental unit of society and our nation will mirror the family so it's time to realize that look families are the key what is most important and it's god family and country and those realities provide the solutions as well anyway so those are my thoughts lol well, I love it, Sam, and you've really hit it on the head there. Reminds me of Second Chronicles 7.14, right? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and heal their land. That's the solution, Sam. You 
played it out right there in our own families, in our own communities. That's where we need to begin this repentance process. We need to get it right. We need to love one another, love our God and love one another. And um, and then we, we, we can overcome the evil that seems to be flooding this planet. So, Others are highlighting the problem gentleman. and pointing out incredible solutions as well, ladies and gentlemen. Think about it. We are living in an empire of lies. That's the problem. He points out this problem, but focuses on solutions as well, Lowell. That's right. So we're talking about a book by Paul Craig Roberts entitled Empire of Lies. Now, Ron Paul used to, to say this all the time. He still does. The truth is treason in an empire of lies. And I think that's why Paul Craig Roberts took that. That's a great the title for his book, Empire of Lies. I don't have a copy of it yet. I haven't read it yet, but I think it is really good. So the UNS review... Hold on. Knowing review from the, the author, book, Paul at, Craig Roberts, who we've tracked for a long time, though we know it'll be good, lol. <laughs> that's right. He's uh, the the Unz Review publishes review at lourockwell.com, which is another of my favorite websites. Uh, basically, the book is a collection of his essays, Paul Craig Roberts's latest essays. It's an assortment of essays. It covers a wide variety of topics, and not it's not just about COVID. It's not just about the January 6th fraud. It's not just about the war in Ukraine. It's about it's a bunch a bunch of great topics. Uh, and, and so uh, let me just highlight one, one of them from this review here. For example, in, in a chapter titled, How We Know the So-Called Civil War Was Not About Slavery, uh, Roberts disputes the widely held view that the war between the states was launched to free the slaves. Here is an excerpt from that book. Quote, Two days before Lincoln's inauguration as the 16th president, Congress, consisting of only the northern states passed overwhelmingly the Corwin Amendment that gave constitutional protection to slavery. Lincoln endorsed the amendment in his inaugural address saying, I have no objection to it being made express and irrevocable. The and war, course, ladies we'll and gentlemen, the so-called civil war was a war of aggression. It was about states' rights. Let's talk about it with Lowell in seconds on your radio. In message one, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 844, gave the left evil, spiritual power, the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note, one, that behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note, two, Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present-day, end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. Are you not feeling yourself since getting the jab of the COVID? Are you feeling run down? Suffering from brain fog, having trouble staying motivated, or maybe you've packed on a few pounds since getting sick? You're not alone. Millions are suffering from vaccine injury or long-haul COVID issues. But there is great news. My friends over at Global Tech MD have the solutions. Their post-jab supplement package is a doctor-developed protocol to support optimal immune function, 
and to help you start feeling yourself once again. It's time to take back your health. I trust my friends over at Global Tech MD, and you should too. Head on over to COVIDinjured.com and use the promo code THEBIGMIG to get 20% off of your first order of the COVID Health Bundle. Once again, head over to COVIDinjured.com, use the promo code THEBIGMIG to get 20% off your first order. COVIDinjured.com. This is Liberty Roundtable with Sam Bushman as your host. My name is Lowell Nelson. I'm his guest this hour. We were just talking about this book entitled Empire of Lies, a collection of essays written by Paul Craig Roberts, one of the great truth-tellers of our day. And we were looking at just an excerpt from one of the chapters talking about the so-called Civil War, uh, that it was not about slavery, That's not what it was fought over, but instead it was fought over the economic oppression of the North upon the South. The South couldn't brook that, and so the South, a number of the states in the South, withdrew from the Union, and Lincoln wouldn't have that. He didn't want them out of the Union, and so he, by the point of a gun, by the barrel of a gun, forced them back into the Union. Uh, He says the real issue between the North and South could not be reconciled on the basis of accommodating slavery. The real issue was economics, as DiLorenzo, Charles Beard, and other historians have documented. The North offered to preserve slavery irrevocably, but the North did not offer to give up the high tariffs and economic policies that that the South saw as inimical to its interests. That's all coming from Empire of Lies, page 221. Later in the text, Roberts lifts a quote from Lincoln's inaugural address, quote, I have no purpose, directly or indirectly, to interfere with the institution of slavery in the states where it exists. I believe I have no lawful right to do so, and I have no inclination to do so, end of quote. That's right from Abraham Lincoln's inaugural address. Well, Sam, over the past few years, I have highlighted a number of columns written by Paul Craig Roberts, and I will continue to do so because he brings to light the false narratives of the deep state, the elite agendas that shape world events, and the lies of the regime and its corrupt allies. Roberts, by the way, is a former assistant secretary of the U.S. Treasury and a former associate editor of the Wall Street Journal, (laughs) credentials we might normally dismiss out of hand, but in his case, Roberts' case, he is amazing, and he is a truth-teller. Sam? Amen to that. By the way, the empire of lies highlights, in my opinion, those who are committing treason and the efforts they are engaged in uh, documenting their treasonous attempts, if you will. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, treason of the United States is something really uh, kind of important to understand. It's not... Uh, there's other words that can define uh, going against your country. But treason is the one highlighted in the supreme law of our land uh, for a reason, Lowell. Quote, treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort, end of quote. And so I want to highlight the meaning of the United States in this clause, in this definition of treason. The United States here does not mean the general government. 
It doesn't mean the feds. It doesn't mean the collection. Uh, I, I mean, it, uh, I mean the, 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 the federal government, the U.S. regime, basically. What it does mean is the several states. We can tell this by the wording of the definition of treason. It's war against them. It doesn't say war against it. It says war against them, meaning the several states. Well, warring against the several states or adhering to the enemies of the several states, that is what treason is. And so opposing the general government is not treason, as defined in our U.S. Constitution. It might get you into trouble if you oppose the general government, but it's not treason fighting against the several states, which is what Lincoln did, by the way, that is treason. Sam? In other words, the point is that Lincoln committed treason. And Biden today, with his abuse of the states and many presidents before him, turning every crime into a federal crime, literally uh, levying unconstitutional taxes, you can say, well, wait a minute, didn't they pass the 16th Amendment? Look, there's no authority for the federal government to go directly to the people for taxes, direct taxation there's no authority for the government to give money to the states with strings attached there's no authority for the government to literally take us off the constitutional currency gold and silver through so is treason because again the states are only to spend gold and silver coinage that's it nothing else for the payments of debts well the states can't do that because the feds have undermined committed treason against the states in this regard it's fundamentally um, the facts. It's impossible to argue your way out of this one. The states are to pay with gold and silver. They can't do that when the federal government creates uh, a forced monetary system that undermines that very issue. So the creation of the Federal Reserve was treason, lol. Well, not only that, Sam, but it was treasonous before that in the case of uh, when, when legal tender uh, uh, laws created in the 1800s, right? And and, and there was a Supreme Court case, Juilliard versus Greenman, that uh, George Bancroft argued with the court, said the court should have struck this down, the, the Legal Tender Act, as, as being unconstitutional. But they didn't. And that was the first, I mean, that was a huge mistake by the U.S. Supreme Court in the 1800s by making Greenbacks, you know, legal tender because it destroyed, it destroyed a lawful and sound money, you know, gold and silver. So you're exactly right, Sam. It was treason against the states, and and it's been going on for decades. We need to call a spade a spade, and we need to start, you know, getting it right, Sam. All right. Final topic of the hour, thegatewaypundant.com with this piece, Lowell. You know, I uh, last week I talked about uh, this the, the county of Arizona were going that day, going to receive an earth-shaking communication about the election. And so that's what this story is all about. Finally, Sam, I've been hoping, I've been praying that some state legislature somewhere would have the backbone to, to stand up and assert its sovereignty. Well, this happened in Arizona this year. In the past couple of months, what happened was the Arizona legislature passed a bill that uh, that constrained the counties not to use election machines that can uh, that were con- that, that that contained parts manufactured in foreign countries, especially the foreign countries that uh, were threatening to be our enemies, such as China. Right. So basically, all voting machines were outlawed by this bill. Well, the governor in Arizona vetoed the bill, and so the the Arizona legislature. 
asserted their authority, as they should have, by referring to the U.S. Constitution, um, Article 1, Section 4, Paragraph 1, the, quote, the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. All right? It says nothing about the governor. It says nothing about the courts. It says nothing about Congress, right? There it says, look, if you're going to hold elections for senators and representatives, the legislature in state shall prescribe the times, manners, and uh, places and manner. And so the Senate in Arizona... Uh, led by the majority leader Borelli, Senator Borelli, uh, issued, uh, they, they, they passed a resolution, uh, Senate Concurrent Resolution 1037, which sets official requirements for the use of electronic voting machines in the state and bans the use of those with foreign components. This is a this is bombshell here going off just last week because the Senate passed, the House concurred, and they sent it directly to the Secretary of State, right? They bypassed the governor because the governor cannot veto something which the Constitution, right? The states agreed in the Constitution that state legislatures are responsible for elections in their states, the elections of, of uh, federal representatives and, and senators, right? Anybody in Congress, in the election of any congressman, that is the purview exclusively of the state legislatures. Right, and so now, so we got this uh, Senator Borelli, the majority leader in the Arizona Senate. He issued a press release last Monday morning, probably about the same time we were doing our show, and in it, uh, basically said that you know you can't use computers to conduct the the federal elections because they contain foreign components. He says, um, and, and then he quotes the, the press release. Then quotes Senator Borelli says this, quote, the federal government has made it very clear that election equipment is considered a target by those who want to threaten the safety and security of our country. We have long ignored this elephant in the room by allowing electronic voting systems made with parts produced in countries considered adversaries to the United States to be used as the primary method for conducting our elections. It is in our state's and nation's best interest that we comply with implementation of security measures to protect our republic, end of quote. You know, that was all in the press release. Amen, and it's important to note and, even the and, federal government has highlighted these foreign interests tampering in our elections. Even the FBI and Justice Department and CIA and you know all these unconstitutional government agencies have admitted that, Lowell. So they're on solid ground there. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's what Patrick Byrne was in the White House talking to, to Donald Trump on December 18th uh, about the election in 2020, uh, 19, whatever it was there, saying, look, you've got the NSA saying the foreign uh, 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 meddling and the NSA saying and the FBI saying, I mean, all these foreign agencies, these, uh, these uh, uh, intelligent agencies were all saying the same thing. They're meddling with our elections. And so, yeah, and, and and so the, the Senate there in Arizona is taking this seriously, and they then issued to every one of the 15-county uh, uh, supervisor chairman in Arizona last Monday a letter. And this letter was an update from the legislature just telling them, look, the, the, we passed the bill, it got vetoed, and so we're now passing the resolution in which the, veto, the governor cannot veto, because 
it's our purview, right? It's our, we have the plenary authority. Plenary, now that's a big word. It's not often used, but, but it, what it means is complete in all respects, unlimited or full, right? So the Senate and the House in Arizona, just like in every other state, has plenary authority for elections of the congressmen. That's what, Amen. That, that, that's what and, we're talking about And I about think here. this is important for this resolution. I think it's great news, but I wish they had a veto-proof majority and they could shove it down the governor's throat, number one. And number two, I also um, want people to understand that hopefully Arizona can be a bellwether, and hopefully we in our states, as the American people, can push our legislative bodies to do the same thing. We've got to gain a foothold somewhere to stop these criminal elections via these machines. Everyone agrees that there's foreign interference in our elections. I think there's domestic interference as well. Uh, but it's fascinating to me how they play politics with this. And it's high time we, the people, demand we get to the bottom of it. Uh, and we need honesty in our money and honesty in our elections. The issue is honesty. And until we get that squared away, folks, it's going to be really hard to write the republic. But I have faith in Jesus Christ. And we're getting uh, the people ready through education, uh, through guidance and direction and and, and following God, family, and country, we're getting a people ready to receive the Savior when he comes. That is our mission, Lowell. Absolutely right, Sam. And on the radio, following this announcement and press release, Senator Wendy Rogers was interviewed on KNSTAM 790 um, on last Monday morning, and uh, she named Dominion and ESNS specifically as equipment that could not be used because they contain foreign components. So, Sam, Arizona's standing up. Let's find some other states to stand up as well. I'm with Amen. You, like, like George Washington, we lost a lot of battles, ladies and gentlemen. But we, if we're on God's side, will indeed win the war. The issue is agency, and we stand with God Almighty. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, thank you so much. The rest of you have a delightful Memorial Day. Please think about God, family, and country and solutions, would you please? We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.